And uh, yes, my last talk, if many of you remember, was about God's glory. And uh, that was uh, that was exciting, that was wonderful. And I thought, Lord, which way do you go after that? You know, after speaking about glory, which way can you go? And I was really kind of puzzled. So I asked for some advice. Dave suggested that the parable way works for him. Sharon thought that the worship way was praiseworthy. Barry felt that the way Louise does it was best. Malcolm said, try to think of ten different ways. You have two minutes. Peter insisted the Man United way was the only way. Many of you laughed. Solomon suggested that the smart way was the right way. Monica smiled and said that the nursing way works for her. Pam said the little way is her way. Oh, did you love little Pam? And she's got her husband, Alan. Thank you, Alan, for coming today. Wonderful. Marius and Naomi said the South African way works for them. Sean agreed. John said it's obvious. The musical way is the best way. Now, after all these suggestions, I was a bit confused. I thought, well, which is the right way? But then I recall Jesus saying, he was the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the right way, and I know you all know that. I just thought I'd open with a little funny skit to start off. This may be the last time, if I've offended you, I'm really sorry, but and it may be the last time I'm asked to speak here. So you better... <laughs> but let me tell you just a little about what you can see. Waymaker on the screen. And the song, Waymaker, is just one of my favourite songs. You probably know it, most of you. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Right? So I love that song. I was listening to it one day. And I felt the Lord say, you could preach a sermon from that. And I thought, okay, maybe there's something in that. But I said, Lord, what about the meat on the bones, you know? Um, yes, I can talk about those topics. And then I really felt him lead me to the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. I'm sure you know it all very well. You've heard it in Sunday school. You've heard it. You've read it. A very exciting story in Exodus chapter 13 to 14. But it's an awesome story of salvation and deliverance. A great reminder for us today. And it reminds us what a wonderful Saviour we have in Jesus Christ. Before I start the story, let's just do a background. This is about 3,500 years ago in a distant land called Egypt. Anyone here been to Egypt? Yeah, a few people. Yeah, very interesting land full of pyramids, tombs, mummies, all kinds of stuff. But the Israelites were in slavery for 400 years. Not four years, not 40, 400 years. And the Bible says ruthless years. This wasn't just a nice, being sort of a servant or a little slave. They were ruthless to, to the Israelites. Really ruthless. So that caused them to cry out and say, God, help. Send a deliverer. And God raised up Moses, as you know the story. And Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my, God says, let my people go. Let my people go. 
and Pharaoh, a rather stubborn character, wouldn't let the people go. So ten plagues came until finally Pharaoh let the people go. So that's where we are in the story, just as a recap. So let's turn to Exodus chapter 13, starting at verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So people, so God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. We'll skip into verse 21. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Awesome. Awesome. You see, the Lord led the way, didn't he? He led them all the way. A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. A divine satnav guiding them on the way. But can you imagine it? God, I mean, we've read these stories, but you have to imagine the, the situation. This was the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God was, was following them. Can you imagine, if, if that was us as Christians, if we walked around and we had this kind of cloud just guiding us, wouldn't it be so, so powerful and so reassuring? See, God is with us, God's presence was with them all the way. And God is with us too on our journey. We are led by the Holy Spirit and by God's Word. His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You see from the story, the people wanted to go via the motorway. Not the kind of modern motorway that we see. It was called the Via Maris, which went straight up uh, out of Egypt and towards the Philistine country. So it's a straight path towards the Promised Land. And they kind of, obviously, naturally would want to go the shortest way, which was a few, a few days' journey, right? But the Lord said no. He led them the longer way so that they could avoid conflict. That makes us think about ourselves. I don't know about you, but I'm a kind of motorway kind of guy. I like to go down the motorway. And in my younger days, yes, I did used to sometimes go a little bit too fast. Down the motorway, get to my destination. And sometimes I'm still like that now. Lord, I want to get there. Take me where you're going, please. Now. I want it tomorrow. I want to get there. But God takes us down often the side roads. Down the longer way. And we're going, Lord, do I have to go this way? No, this is the side way. This is the best way. The Lord's way is the best. They headed towards the Red Sea. It was not your normal day out at the seaside, as you can imagine. I mean, probably a lot of us like to go to the seaside. I know I do. It's a great time. You go to this. So they were going, but there's two million of them. Two million Israelites, including women and children, were going to the seaside. But it was not your normal day out. And the enemy was on the way. Stubborn Pharaoh changed his mind. And with 600 of his best chariots and the whole army were coming. So... Here we go to the next part of the story. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. 
They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Amen. Let's just have a drink of water. The Israelites were set free from Egypt, but it looks like they had their first test. They seemed to come to a dead end. There seemed to be no way out. They come to the sea. They didn't know a way forward. And they could see the enemy was coming. And it was pretty scary. And because the Israelites saw no way of escape, they got very afraid. You know, obviously there were no boats there waiting for them. There was no, you know, cruise liner or ship ready. There was nothing there. So they got very afraid. They cried out to God to help them. But it was more out of fear than faith. They thought they were going to die and they wanted to go back to Egypt. Sometimes even for us as Christians, I don't know about you, you become a Christian and you might go through a really bad spot, a really bad spell, and sometimes you want to just go back to the world. You say, okay, I've had enough of this, let's go back. It's better there. You forget about the joy of your salvation. You forget about all that's happened to you. And this is what they forgot about. They were walking by sight as opposed to walking by faith. They were looking to their circumstances as opposed to looking to their Saviour. We should always keep our eye on our Saviour, shouldn't we? Looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Look to him. When everything seems to go wrong around you, you don't look around you, you don't look downwards, you look upwards, you look to Jesus. You look to Jesus and he's still on his throne. He's still on his throne, amen. Sometimes, yes, we can just feel so cornered too, like things have come to a dead end and there's no way forward. If that's you this morning, if you feel there's something in your life that's come to a dead end, there's no way forward, you go, no way, there's no way. I can go forward with this. Well, God can make a way where there seems no way. He is able. You can see that over and over again throughout the Bible. You can see that here in this story. He makes a way. And remember, you know, often we get called, when I was part of the leadership team, you'd get a call, oh Mark, something really awful's happened. Barry may get it, John may get the calls, Dave may get the calls. Say, it's, it's awful, it's terrible. This has happened. But we should remember, every trial, every difficulty is an opportunity for God to display his glory. God is the God of the turnaround. What was a bad report becomes a good report and you go, hallelujah. Right? So when you get that bad news, turn to him and say, Lord, make a way where there seems no way. And let your glory be displayed in this situation. Hallelujah. Now what happened to their faith? 
it seemed to go down the plug hole, didn't it? They'd seen all the miracles, all the plagues, all, but fear set in. They got afraid. And fear often clouds our vision. Darkness was covering their minds. In Psalm 23, David says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort and guide me. Hallelujah. Amen. And the best antidote to fear is faith. Faith. I've been learning this. You know, when fear comes against you and you see no way out and you're scared, you're frightened, this faith is the answer. Turning to God and say, strengthen my faith. Give me the faith that I need in this situation, Lord. Lord, I'm struggling. You see, Moses here, he had faith. He knew his God. He was a man of prayer, a friend of God, a God chaser. We covered this last time in my last talk, how, God, how, how Moses knew his God. He was intimate with his God. God spoke to him and, and Moses spoke to him. Back and forth they used to have. And that's a, that's a massive faith builder. When you can hear the voice of God, when you hear what the Lord is saying to you, either as a still quiet voice in your spirit or through his word, it increases your faith. Because faith comes by hearing, and faith comes by hearing the word of God. Right? Whether it's directly to your spirit as you're praying, this is why prayer is so important. If you're struggling right at this moment, if you're going through a hard time, you need to pray. You need to get onto your, onto your knees, and you need to dialogue with God. This is what Moses did. Moses' God was a God of miracles. Moses knew that. Now, as I was thinking about this, it's a kind of little funny dialogue. I thought, okay, how did that go? How did, how did that little chat that Moses had in this situation with God go? Um, you know, maybe, maybe Moses was saying to God, well, how are we going to get across this sea, Lord? You know, shall we walk across? Walking on water? Now, who had faith to walk on water? Maybe Moses did. Aaron did, Miriam, perhaps Caleb, Joshua, a few perhaps had faith enough to walk on the water, but the rest of them probably would go right under, wouldn't they? They tried to get two million people walking across the water, walking across that way, it's, it's, it's not going to happen. So maybe they sort of said, okay, we're going to have to count that one out, we're going to have to think of something different. And then I, I really felt the Lord really spoke to Moses and, and said probably at this stage, you watch what I'm going to do. I'm going to perform a mighty miracle and part this Red Sea. And you're going to walk, all of you, right through it. As Moses says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. What is meaning there? Be quiet. Keep your peace. Stop murmuring, complaining. Be still. Just wait on the Lord. What faith Moses had. Moses' God was a big and able God. How big is your God? The bigger God is in your eyes, the smaller the problems become. 
Mountains become molehills. Oceans become ponds. God's word says, he that is in us, that is Jesus, is greater than he that is in the world, that is Satan. Amen. God is bigger than our enemies. And any enemy that comes against us, God is bigger. Amen. And often we, we walk around and we're kind of perhaps afraid of the big bad wolf, aren't we? We say, okay, the big bad wolf's going to get me. Talking about the enemy now. And we're frightened. We're fearful. But we forget that the Lion of Judah, of the tribe of Judah, lives within us. The Lion. And a lion can overcome a wolf. That's for sure. The lion, and particularly this lion, he's no ordinary lion. He's a very large, very strong, very powerful lion. He's the lion of Judah, our saviour. Amen. And Moses told him to be still. Psalm 46, we see it there on our... says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Be still. God would be exalted. They would see God's glory. The battle was not theirs, but it was the Lord's. And we have to learn that lesson too. We go into battle sometimes. We're fighting. We're even praying and praying and praying, trying to get the breakthrough, the overcome. And then we just said, no, the battle is the Lord's. I'm going to leave it with the Lord. It's sometimes the hardest thing to do, to lay it down and leave it with the Lord and let him work it through. Often faith calls us to stand firm and be still. We shouldn't run around like headless chickens trying to sort it out, but let God sort it out. The Lord had promised to deliver the Israelites and he will keep his promise. God would make a way where there seemed to be no way. When the devil says, no way, God says, Yahweh. Amen. Let's get to this awesome end of the story now, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. But when you reread it, you see all kinds of new bits and pieces and things, which makes it exciting. So this is the end part. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Moving on to verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing forward and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen and the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived, but the Israelites went through the sea on the dry ground with a wall of water on the right and on the left. That day the Lord 
saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Wow, awesome, see. What a demonstration of God's power and glory. And if you know the story, afterwards, Moses sang the song of Moses, Miriam sang her little song too. But as I was thinking about it, Moses could have sung this song after this happened. Waymaker, our God is a waymaker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are. Now they could have, I'm sure they were dancing, worshipping, praising the Lord with all their hearts at their salvation. An amazing story. Let's just go through a couple of points here. We see firstly, so before, before the actual sea parts, you see there's something else that happens before the sea parts. We often in our minds go straight to that part. But you see that firstly, the angel of God and the cloud moved from going in front to going behind. And some think this was a Christophany. That was a pre-incarnate Jesus. A theophany, you know, an appearance of God. And I agree with that. The angel came between the Israelites and the enemy. The Lord went from leading them to leading and protecting them. This was a protective thing. The enemy had come, was coming. They could see the enemy. So what did our Lord do? He moved. He moved around the back between them and protected them. I mean, again, what a, an amazing boost of faith that must have been. You know, and they couldn't, the enemy could not get through to the people of God. It's just like for us, isn't it? Jesus stands between us and our enemies. Our enemies are Satan, sin and death. And he does that through the power of the cross. He stands between, you know, in between our enemies. It's, it's an awesome picture, really, of salvation. And in this whole picture, the Lord gave light to the Israelites and darkness to the Egyptians. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He gave light to his people, but the darkness confused their enemies. They were in the dark and they were confused. They didn't know what was happening. But he gave light to his people. Secondly, we see that God, the miracle worker, the almost awesome miracle worker, performed such a miracle here. He sent a strong wind from the east. And that reminded me, as I was thinking about this, about Pentecost. You see Pentecost, there's a mighty wind that come. So here there was this mighty wind from the east that came and the Lord divided and split the Red Sea. If you look at the, the word used there for split or divide, uh, in Greek it's schizo, in the Greek Septuagint, that's the translation of the Old Testament, it's, it's the same word, schizo, for uh, divide or split. It's the same word used, if you remember, when Jesus was crucified, when Jesus died, the temple split, the curtain of the temple split from top to bottom. The same word was used here and there. And I thought there was a significance in that. 
because you can see here this whole picture of salvation, the whole picture of God making a way where there wasn't a way before. The Israelites went through on the dry ground to the other side and the sea came back and drowned all the Israels, all the enemies of Israel. Yes, sad, sad story. But they had been warned, not once, but many times by the Lord. That was the last resort to protect his people, not his first choice. The Lord, the great I Am, kept his promise and made a way where there seemed to be no way by dividing the sea and delivering the Israelites. In all of this, we could see there was a great cost for the Israelites' salvation. Reminds us there's a great cost for our salvation too. Now, to finish, I want to say Jesus is our way maker, our deliverer and redeemer. The exodus and the passing through the Red Sea is a foreshadow of what happened to us as believers. We were slaves to sin and Satan had a hold on us. Jesus, the Passover lamb, paid the price for our freedom. Jesus, who's called the new Moses, led the way from our old life through the baptism waters into the new life promised to us. Sometimes this has been called the new exodus, our exodus as believers, from the old way into the new way. The Israelites were baptised into Moses. We are baptised into Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptised into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Jesus, sorry, Jesus is our way maker. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. Before Christ, our situation, if you remember, was hopeless. We couldn't get ourselves right with God, could we? All the sacrifices, all the laws in the world just wouldn't cut it. When we were lost in our darkness, he shone the light to show us the way. Jesus made a way through the cross for us to come home to the Father. Now this very famous verse now, John 14, verse 6. And Thomas asked... Jesus, how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to declare to you this morning, Jesus is the way. The way to salvation. The way to the Father. The way to truth the way to life, the way to faith, the way to hope, the way to freedom, the way to love, the way to peace, the way to joy, the way to provision, the way to health, the way to victory, the way in the darkness. He is the way. He has always been the way. 
There is no other way but Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Shukur. As I was thinking about this, these three, three things came to my mind which I felt was useful. That Jesus shows us the way. By his spirit and his word, he guides us, as we've already talked about. But Jesus makes the way. He removes obstacles, opens doors, performs miracles. And Jesus times the way. His timing is always perfect. Amen. What else is he the way to? He is the way, Jesus is the way to miracles. Jesus is our miracle worker. He performed this great miracle we just read. But there are 160 miracles throughout the Bible. About 80 odd in the old and 80 odd in the new. I didn't count them all personally, I just, I just found that information. But if that kind of miracle, number of miracles in the Bible, shouldn't we believe in miracles? There are some people that said, no, that's just in the past. That was then, and this is now. But it's all the way through the Bible. And we know that Jesus performed many healings and miracles whilst on earth. And he continues to perform healings and miracles to this day. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. I have seen God perform many healings and miracles. Sean, who's on Zoom, I think, at the moment, Sean is one of them. He, many of you saw him in a wheelchair. He had a stroke. He couldn't get up. The Lord touched him, healed him, and he was walking around. An amazing, awesome miracle. I had a miracle before I was a Christian. I think about it. It was the Lord was, had a hand on my life even before I knew him. I had a, a really bad car crash uh, when I was in my 20s. I used to like my fast cars, my sports cars. And I was driving at over 100 miles an hour in the wet towards this roundabout, smashed straight into it because it was wet. Car was in the middle of the roundabout. It had no airbag. All it had is a seatbelt. No airbag those days. It was quite a few years ago. And I was fine. There was not a scratch on me. Right? The police thought it was really weird. I thought it was really strange. It was a miracle. And to this day, I think, that was the Lord. I didn't even have a pain in my neck the next day. You know, a whiplash. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. A miracle. God makes the impossible possible. Church, nothing is impossible with God. We limit him so often with our little faiths and imagination. But the word says, but God is able to do immeasurably more than we can think or imagine. God is limitless. We need only trust him. And I love the song from the movie Prince of Egypt, if you've seen it which says, there can be miracles when you believe. It's such a touching song and it's so true. Almost finished now, almost done. Jesus is our promise keeper. God kept his promise to the Israelites. God is faithful and true. He cannot break his promises. He will keep his promise to us. If you had a promise 
said to you by, by the Lord through a prophetic word, whatever it is, he will keep his promise. It may take time, but he will keep his promise. He cannot break his promise. He is unable, unable to break his promise. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So it's yes and Amen. When we come to God, it is yes and Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus is our light in the darkness. We saw here today when the Israelites were in a dark place, the Lord shone his light into their situation. If you are in a dark place, come into his light today. If that's a dark place for you, he is the light of the world. John chapter 8 says, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Church, I want to declare to you this morning, our God is a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are. Amen. And if, if you're needing, if you want to respond to this message, if it has touched your heart, there's going to be a, a, a ministry session afterwards. I'm going to be available to pray for you, to minister, whatever it is. Please come forward during the last song and we'll pray for your healing, whatever the situation, for God to make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way. Whatever it is. Or if you've never come to the Father, if you've never come home, and you can come home this morning, today could be the day of your salvation. He makes that way as we've talked about this morning. Amen. Let me just close with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, and I hope and pray it's a real encouragement to us all here today. But Lord, you are our way maker. You can make a way where there seems to be no way. You made a way here for the Israelites with that tremendous miracle of parting the Red Sea. Lord, I pray that the God who did that miracle is here, who is here today, can do, can touch lives, can part the Red Sea in people's lives. If there seems to be an ocean of impossibility in your life, then God can part that sea, that ocean. He can make that way. Oh Lord, we, we love you. You're a wonderful Saviour. And we put our trust, we put our hope, we put our faith in you. Amen.